0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Silver Screen Podcast. Uh, For this newest episode, as you will see on your screens, is a review of the movie Doctor Strange. Can't imagine why we would suddenly be reviewing that as if it's somehow relevant right now. Hmm. (laughs) We'll leave you to work that one out. Um, But as usual, I do not do this by myself. I am joined by my regular co-host, DK, uh, who's bringing the facts again. Yeah, awesome. How are you doing, DK? Okay?
1: I'm not too bad, mate. Yourself?
0: DK, okay. Yeah, not bad. Looking forward to talking about all things Marvel movies, as you know. Uh, We've already put out the first half of the top ten Marvel movies by now, so the audience knows that we're hopefully know our stuff, although that's questionable given some of our our choices. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Let's
1: assume we've not dropped (laughs) listeners by this point.
0: (laughs) It would be hilarious if we've actually gained some really weird listeners that were just like, we love these movies, <laughs> we're on board now, who doesn't love Howard the Duck? <laughs> Excellent. And uh, we are joined by another special guest this week, um, a, a guest who we, you will be able to see myself and DK over on his Who Game Shows panel, uh, or channel I should say, playing the uh, Doctor Who themed version of Richard Osmond's House of Games, uh, and that is Mr. Whale. Hello, Will. Hi.
2: Uh, Am I your most recurring guest now on this uh, podcast?
0: Other than my co-host, probably. Well, yes, <laughs> yes.
2: obviously. I well, I'll say that to...
0: Toby's done a couple, so... Yeah, damn. To say, really. I
2: will surpass him in a few weeks' time.
0: <laughs> Indeed. But, uh, yeah, so Will's joined us to talk about Doctor Strange because it was me, I think, that dragged him kicking and streaming into watching the MCU, so I know that he has seen it.
2: <laughs> well, last year was quite eventful. I literally... Well, we kind of stopped doing podcasting like religiously and we were like, okay, so now you have to watch you know what you like to watch. So that's superhero films because I never really ventured into that. And of course when we did the podcast, you kind of introduced me to new things. I introduced you to new things. And then one of the things that I've never watched before were superhero films. So that's why yeah. I watched the MCU. And now that's why I'm going into bloody X-Men and a whole new kind of worms. So the DC universe, that's not what I'm going into, though. I, I I refuse. I'm putting my foot down and saying no. To be that's fair, I already made you because we already reviewed Batman. So. <laughs> that's true, but I put my foot in the door, but I'm not going to go any further than that.
1: That's quite a I'm wise choice, you. I think.
2: <laughs> it gets a it's bit too, messy. It's too much. Like I know, Michael, you literally tell me about every other week and you say oh i'm watching this show i'm watching this show i'm watching this show and i say how many shows are you watching concurrently can you not enjoy one show
0: if you're doing the tv shows yeah you've got no chance of catching up at this point exactly. the whole connected Arrowverse, but i mean the movies aren't that daunting you know <laughs>
2: so... oh, yeah the movies are fine but the tv shows are a bit much
0: yeah i know I, I wouldn't expect anybody to suddenly think oh can i watch let's say at this point eight seasons of the flash Eight seasons of Arrow, six seasons of Legends of Tomorrow, six seasons of Supergirl. It goes on for a while. Two seasons of Batwoman. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, Three
1: Patrol is a pretty good one. Only three seasons, and it's a good laugh.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that stands on its own, and I have been trying to convince Will to watch that one, especially when Michelle Gomez joined in season three, being a Doctor Who fan. Um, yeah. I thought that might have convinced you, but it hasn't well,
2: yet. Well, M- MCU's enough, and all its mid-TV shows. <laughs> well, that's the it's thing, the MCU's...
0: Like... The MCU's aren't really TV shows. That's the kind of thing. I was watching a video earlier with somebody on YouTube that was frustrated because it's like they're not interested in being the TV format with the exception of WandaVision. It's just basically we've written a super long six-hour movie and we're just going to split it randomly into six parts. Yeah. So it doesn't, it fair, yeah, has nothing to do with the conventions of TV. There's no arc in an episode or anything. It's just like, and here's the next hour's worth of stuff that happens. So, And that's
2: why WandaVision yeah. is worth the lot.
0: No one division is the best because it actually fits <laughs> no, the convention.
2: That's for another day then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no we we'll, uh, we'll move on anyway because we're not here for, to talk about TV. We're talking about movies uh, and the big screen and uh, Benadryl Cucumber who uh, obviously <laughs> took on the role of Dr. Strange <laughs> in this movie. Um so yeah, as you will know if you've been listening to us uh, since we took over the new format myself and DK you know that the plan going forward is that DK will start things off with kind of behind the scenes facts and information uh, that we can hopefully react to and we may not know. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to throw it over to DK for some information about Doctor Strange.
1: Okay, thank you, uh, Mike. Right, a rumoured Doctor Strange movie had been in development since way back in 1986, but continually fell through until when the MCU version was came along in 2016. Along the way pitch, it was under the helm of such notables as Wes Craven, David Goya, and Guillermo del Toro. Oh, crikey. Can't talk today. Guillermo (laughs) Guillermo del Toro. Toro. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Director Scott Derrickson, sinister, an exorcism of uh, Emily Rose director, was such a fan of the character, he spent his own money on putting together a video pitch, which got him the job, beating out Jonathan Levine and Mark Andrews. Mm. Uh, Benadryl cucumber as mike was saying was the first choice to play stephen strange but had to decline due to previous commitments joaquin phoenix was the second choice but after several months of deliberation turned down the role as he didn't wish to sign a multi-picture contract luckily by that point shooting had been pushed back to such an extent that cumberbatch now free from his commitments on hamlet was able to sign now Rachel McAdams was the first choice to play uh, Christine Palmer. She was originally Why? She has approached- nothing to do. <laughs> I know. She was originally approached to play by uh, Favreau to play Pepper Potts in, in the first Iron Man. But oh. she declined, hence the MCU being lumbered with a vagina candle salesperson. However, <laughs> McAdams later changed the stance on the MCU movies when she saw how popular they'd become in the intervening years. So a bit opportunistic there.
0: Well, as I said, she didn't get a lot to do, so she probably regrets no. not taking the better role.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tell Tel I had no problem during the fight scenes. Is he's, he's I, I didn't know this. He's actually a fifth level black belt. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Another piece I of know casting trivia. Yeah. Another piece of casting trivia. Lulu Wilson, who is a child actor in Haunting of Hill House, Ouija Oranges, mm-hmm. and Annabelle Creation. Was cast as and shot several scenes as Donna Strange, Stephen's sister. Donna died when Stephen was young, which is the impetus for him becoming a surgeon. Unfortunately, all the scenes were cut for running time.
0: Oh, That's a shame.
1: now the reality twisting scenes were influenced by the works of Escher, and they were so yeah. successful that not only did they confuse the shit out of Mads Mikkelsen during filming, <laughs> but the movie was nominated for Best Visual Effects back in 2017 Academy Awards. Unfortunately, it lost to the live-action Jungle Book.
0: It's Oof. you know,
1: a bit of a kick in the kick in the guts there. Uh?
0: Yeah, I didn't even particularly like that movie. I must say I'm one of the few, but yeah, that that wasn't that impressed with live-action Jungle Book. If I'm honest,
1: it had its moments, but I, I, any of these Disney remakes, they don't really do it for me. I prefer the originals, but I am an old fart, so there you go.
0: <laughs> for the most part, I'd agree <laughs> with you, but I will say the remake of Aladdin is fantastic. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: no, don't, not bad. Not bad. It's still... The
2: oh, yeah, Will Smith one here. Yes. Yeah, that was good. Linda
1: Louise Duan can be glimpsed in some scenes as Tina Minoru, who Marvel fans mm. will recognise as the mother of Nico Minoru from Runaways. In the movie, she can be seen holding the staff of one, Nico's eventual item of channelling. Now, although this marks Stranger's first appearance in the MCU, it's not the first time the character has graced screens. In oh, 1978... Yeah, a TV that. movie. Oh my God, you really don't, do you? IBD. Oh shit. A TV movie was produced starring Peter Hooten as the eponymous sorcerer. Yep. Hooten is known for inverted comma classics such as the original Inglorious Bastards and Orca Killer Whale, and continues to act to this. Well, if you can call it acting, to this day. It also features such luminaries as Michael
0: Ansara and British actor John Mills. Mm -hmm. Wow, Will was so impressed he just collapsed. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, the guy who plays Kang in Star Trek, wasn't it? What's going on with that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) The movie was a pilot for a proposed TV series that never came to fruition. Stan Lee consulted on the production, and in the movie, Strange goes up against Morgan Le Fay, who comic fans will recognise as a major villain in the comic books and was played by Liz Hurley in season three of Marvel's Runaways. In this version, however, she's played by Jessica Walter, who arrested yes. development fans will remember as Lucille Blue.
0: And Archer fans. Let's not forget that. Oh, really? Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> so I can't believe you have that Mike.
0: I have, yeah, I, I genuinely, did it. I think it, it was re-released on DVD when this movie came out. And I was like, I'm intrigued to see this. And let me just tell you, it is every bit as bad as you could possibly imagine it to be. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is so cheesy. It has almost nothing like special effects wise. Because you can see it was like, it was around the time of the Incredible Hulk TV show where it was like, you can get one semi-decent special episode and that's it. so so there's not really a whole lot that happens and for some reason inexplicably they turned dr strange from a neurosurgeon into a psychologist which i never understood what the purpose for that was but he does have a fantastic hairstyle and a heck of a tash oh yeah
1: yeah (laughs) i mean if 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 uh, if if the uh, being a doctor fails it could always go into porn quite easily
0: Oh, yeah, he's got the 70s porn star look, definitely. Um, (laughs) In the course of your research, speaking of this, and forgive me if I'm stepping on your toes, did you find any information about a film called Dr. Mordred as well?
1: I did, but it's uh, in, you know, one of my brain farts. It's gone again.
0: Uh, the only reason I mention it is because this was another attempt to make a Doctor Strange movie, um, but the rights basically weren't allowed to whichever company were making it. But they kept the movie basically exactly the same. but just changed the names. So it is effectively a Doctor Strange movie. It's just they're not allowed oh, to call him uh, that.
1: Yeah, it's uh,
0: Jeffrey Combs, isn't it? It is Jeffrey Combs, yeah, who we obviously Star Trek fans will know as a thousand different characters.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're actually... I think it's actually included in this upcoming season of Mystery Science Theatre 3000.
0: Oh, wow. Awesome. Cool. I have yes. this level of knowledge of Doctor Strange, including owning that terrible 70s TV pilot. I do not know.
2: Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, that was mostly for you. I was just lost the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, audience uh, of silver screen I am still here. I <laughs> haven't <laughs> <laughs> well
0: seriously though if you don't shush i will make you watch that terrible 1970s <laughs> so uh yeah well that, that concludes the kind of behind the scenes stuff and things then what i'll do obviously as, as uh ah, regular viewers will know if you're familiar with it we tend to go in and break down the film um but i've decided to do things a little bit differently just to shake things up and because it was getting boring just going sort of scene by scene minute by minute um so what i've done is that i've broken my notes down into categories uh like acting directing writing scenes themes etc and i'm kind of going to hit onto those uh, and hopefully if you guys have done chronological notes or whatever you can it'll feed into that and we can all have have
2: notes wink wink. (laughs) 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 Uh,
0: because i'm kind of relying on you guys to have thoughts one way or the other as well but um so yeah, it's not going to necessarily be in chronological order. So obviously, spoilers if you haven't seen the film, we'll necess- wouldn't necessarily be talking about the end. Only at the end, we'll be. Why would talking you be about, here so. if
2: you hadn't watched the film? If you haven't <laughs> yeah, watched the film, you really need They're to lost. you need, need to get out
0: more. If you if you
1: haven't
2: seen the <laughs> Touch Grass.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, right. Without any further ado, then I'm going to uh, start off with my first category. My first category is the acting in the movie, um, because I did want to talk about it. Okay. The very first note that I have is just that I think Tilda Swinton is outstanding from the very start and then throughout the movie. Um, Definitely, I don't. Mm. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that one, <laughs> unless I was waiting for one of you to disagree. But okay, <laughs> so there we go. Um, the the biggest note that I've made, I think, here is that I remember at the time the movie came out, a lot of people were comparing Strange to Tony Stark because he's very kind of much a douche in the beginning and. He's like driven by his ego and yes, he's brilliant, but he's cocky about it and he won't screw up his record to help people and refers to the other guy as like bachelor's degree and has a massive level of arrogance. Um, So I was curious if you guys thought he was a bit too Tony Stark-esque or if you saw any differences there. It did come across that way. I know a
1: lot of people, I know a few, a couple of people personally that actually hated the film. They thought it was Mm. after Civil War, they thought it was just taking a step back and going back to square one with Iron Man there are you know similarities
2: yeah yeah i i do agree with that although i don't uh again i think i'd have to re-watch iron man because i can't remember like that level of arrogance because i watched civil war i was like mm. are you meant to be on captain america's side here and then i come to discord and i had a conversation with you and you were like absolutely yeah because Tony Stark was an absolute douchebag and i just thought was he and i was like oh, so i've i must have misinterpreted iron man's character massively like tony stark. only at the
0: very start i mean the civil war aside at the very start he was totally like um this is how we do it we make weapons and we get drunk and we'd be out of a job if there was any kind of peace and we don't care about anything and it was only when mm. he got captured and had to make the suit that he was oh crap what are we doing <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah yeah
2: but i i do feel like he was maybe not too close to tony stark but just like too arrogant but then again that feeds into like the whole theme of the movie the overarching yeah. theme which is like arrogance and then go with your ego mm-hmm. and ultimately to become I don't want to say a superhero but a sorcerer and whatnot
0: yeah well it's taken up your calling in the same way as any of these movies it's the same as uh like Spider-Man isn't it you've got the responsibility now to do it because there is the point where Strange basically says you, you mean to tell me I could just go on use the magic to channel into my hands and how, go back to my normal life and the ancient one is like well yes but it would be a massive waste because now you have all this potential to do great things so you know um, mm. unlike the one guy who was just like i'm just gonna keep my spine mm. keeping me up here yeah, pangborn that's right yeah um speaking of which that was my next note it's, um to, to basically benjamin bratt is quite good in the film but he's completely wasted because he has like two scenes and one of them is a post-credit mm. scene so it's just kind of baffling why they had like a fairly well-known actor who did almost nothing but having said that next year, next point that's true of Rachel McAdams as well really isn't it because again I've never understood why she's even in this movie she doesn't have anything really to do and the, the romance subplot is kind of the most the weakest part of the movie i guess um, in, in all fairness does, that's um...
1: to me that's just Rachel McAdams no i mean Oof. no disrespect to her but she she does play a similar type quite a lot
0: but even the story doesn't give them anything to do. I mean, it tries to force it in, like, at the very start, there's some very laboured stuff about, come and work with me. I don't take co-workers because of us. And then when he has his accident, he kind of, you know, chases her away with, oh, you, what have I got you? Oh, what's that about? And then, as I said, there's the brief bit of the astral projection when he has to go to her in the hospital. And then the Which very is end a of the movie fantastic scene, by the way. Best scene of the is, film. It's fantastic. It's straight from one of the comics as well called um, The Oath, if anybody isn't familiar with where... Almost shot for shot from that particular graphic novel. So mm. do check it out if you haven't had the, the chance. But the
2: thing see. is, that I, I think it's a bit more than surface level because after the whole rant about um, her treatment of him and like mm. being his, her own project, like we get him looking at the portfolio that she gave him and with all the x-rays and stuff, so it showed that she did care. And then eventually, when he was in great peril, the one place he wanted to be was in the hospital and with her and then afterwards about 20 minutes later after the whole procedure and stuff everything's successful they share a kiss but she kisses him on the cheek and I thought that was quite nice The ho- mm. how that played out I thought that was quite good I wouldn't say that's you know labored or minute at all It just well, I was very kind of watching, to, I thought yeah. it was brilliantly portrayed
0: I, I just I feel like personally to me it just seems very forced in like it has to be there like there's not really even even the stuff you mentioned about in the start when it's like she helps him to Get on his feet, but she doesn't because it's his physical therapist. That's like I'm going to prove you wrong, and I'll show you this uh, Pangborn guy who's done this thing. And so she's not even really useful there. (laughs) I mean, Mm. yeah. I would um, I would
1: argue to you know that she's more she's more useful in this than Pepper was in Iron Man.
0: Oh, I don't agree with that. Pepper at least had a sort of yeah. She had a purpose to those films, and she was either the CEO or she was helping Tony out with various things, and. Like I said, with the exception of that one scene on the operating table, um, Christine doesn't actually do anything, really. For Strange, certainly nothing that couldn't be done by somebody else. Even that, the hospital scene, you could give to any other character. Have it be that, you know, oh, he's overcome his ego and gone to his rival surgeon guy to do it if he needed to. You know I mean? but, but I don't
1: think it would have that... It wouldn't have as much of emotional weight. Exactly. Yeah.
0: I guess, just like I said, it seemed like it was a character too many and the romance subplot for me just felt very un undeveloped i guess and uh it seems like it's just been dropped although obviously we haven't seen the sequel yet but we'll wait and see if it goes anywhere because that was the thing about the the what if episode that bothered me about dr strange was like oh what if he lost the love of his life and i was like what do you we have no indication that he's this level of obsessed with her.
2: he doesn't seem all that bothered in the first movie <laughs> but then yeah. again i was re-watching this today and i was like this character like doctor strange is very different than the one we see in spider-man No Way home for example like they are completely different characters so i would be very surprised if they were to go back to doctor strange one because so much things so much has changed since then and the only thing the only parallel i could see being brought back is um the mention of the multiverse when they were saying oh if if it was to break you don't even know the dangerous that would come through it so that kind of teases to me that we could begin an amazing like threat in the upcoming yeah. film Multiverse definitely I did notice course.
0: that as well I didn't notice the first time around but yeah there's a lot of mentions of the word multiverse very yeah. specifically in the movie. oh the,
2: you've opened up a vast multiverse and we channeled I mean you know it's in now like yeah it, it could be any word of fulfillment <laughs> if it had a different meaning later on you'd notice it more but yeah yeah it was like a couple of mentions of multiverse absolutely yeah definitely um
0: so yeah other than that the only other acting note mm-hmm. i had regarding christine was that for me she accepts the kind of astral projection dr strange way too easily yes um, <laughs> yeah. it's it's very much like oh well never mind it. then it gets on with her job and i'm like really though <laughs> she, you wouldn't be a bit more freaked out but yeah. hey. again baron Mordo was another thing in this film that is really intriguing but completely underplayed and again i don't feel like given that we know what the sequel is doing, that it's going to really touch on that in the sequel.
1: No, um, I would have liked a bit more of uh, of Mardo. And I would have yeah. liked to him, um, if if the rumours are true about Multiverse of Madness, I think it's a bit of a waste, both of the character yeah. and the actor.
0: I completely agree, yeah. Um, so yeah, as I say, I thought some of the best scenes in the movie were like his arguments with Doctor Strange or the actual kind of non-black and white of like, well, she's a hypocrite because she's using these powers and... Is it ever really justified? And then ultimately, um, strange actually appealing to him for help and him helping, but then saying this is the end. I'm now going completely a separate way. There was a kind yeah. of for me a kind of very Professor X Magneto kind of vibes in that. That was like, I've helped you. We were friends, but now I can't support this. Just disobeying the natural order or whatever he calls it. Mm-hmm. So it's like that would be a really intriguing setup for a sequel just to have them face each other. But again, it seems I like do like, like not the really fact bothered. that they
1: didn't try and make him outright evil.
0: Oh, completely. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like he's—he's he's actually like a lot of the best Marvel villains. He's kind of got a point. I mean, he doesn't go about it in the best way. I mean, yeah. But I mean, so.
1: I think you could—you could level that at Kai I mean, he's a bit of a git, but you can kind of see his point at times.
0: Yeah, but my favorite thing about that is that he basically—it's it, the ultimate example of poetic justice, which I kind of love when even Strange points that out. He's like, "Well, so what you wanted. Eternal life as part of the whole. You're not going to yeah. like it." So, I was like yeah exactly I'll give him exactly what he wanted he's so tough crap <laughs> and, uh, yeah the very final thing that I've said on the acting well actually there's a couple of things on the acting front firstly BD Wong as Wong is great bringing the kind of charm and the humour um, yeah. we know from like future films that he's going to do that a lot but it, straight away from this one he's He won me over, and I think I absolutely just was like, this character's really good. And it's a character that had the chance to be a really dodgy stereotype as well, so I'm kind of glad that it didn't go
2: that way. (laughs) Um, Is Wong the name of the character in the comic? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, because it just struck me as a massive coincidence that the actor was also called Benedict Wong. I know,
0: BD Wong. (laughs) (laughs) It is kind of weird, but yeah. But yeah, the Wong in the comics, especially in the early ones, is very much the kind of... Asian stereotype, um, oh, I am your Asian assistant, sort of master kind of thing, and it's like, ooh.
1: Yeah,
0: they couldn't have got away with that.
2: No, definitely not. Um, But seeing that, I mean... Six years ago, it wasn't exactly a different world back then.
0: No, I still think they couldn't have gotten away with that, but it's still weird to me that they completely changed, because I'll bring up this point now, because why not? They totally changed the ancient one, because that character in the comics is very much that Mystical it's a, Asian with yeah, magic it's powers. Very,
1: and, we're going, it's, it's, it's like Talons of Chiang territory in the comics. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Very much so, yeah. Uh, there is sort of a Fu Manchu kind of vibe, yeah. Um, and it's weird that, first of all, they play that mislead of that when Strange first goes there and there's the actual do-to looks very much like that. And it turns out which is one of the random masters that Tilda's like, oh, thank you for your time. You can go now. And <laughs> I was like, oof, playing that mislead is already a little bit like on the nose. And then I was like, "Why did they decide to go so randomly?" Like, they they say, "What is it? She's Celtic, and she's a woman, and has been in this role for years." And I'm like, "What a yeah. weird place to go with it?" And uh, mm. again, I'm not really one to comment, but I do know a lot of Asian people that were really pissed off that it was a, an Asian character that got replaced. So instead of doing like Wong and actually kind of bringing it into a more accepting modern place, they were just like, "We'll just recast it with a white chick," and they were not happy about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, so- she's she's since come out saying that she can't understand why why they did it and she's not totally in favour of it. Yeah. But I, I think, I mean, she's she's coming for a lot of controversy, cons, you know, concerning the casting.
0: But yeah.
1: in retrospect, it's difficult to see just how they could have included the character in any form without at yeah. least some of the audience being offended.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think she does a fantastic job and she portrays it very sensitively. Um, But as I said, we're, I'm not really in a position to see it well. It's fine that they replaced an Asian character with a white character, you know what I mean? Which is obviously not going to look great for optics. Um, I mean, she
1: plays it admirably. And in my opinion, she's got some of the best lines in the entire entire movie.
0: Definitely. Um, Did you have any thoughts on the controversy, Will, then, before I move on? Uh, Not really. (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, I think you touched, uh, you touched
0: He's like, line. I'm not touching that one Yeah, yeah I'm
2: standing <laughs> away from that
0: Fair enough I do have one last note in my acting category then And that is just, if you guys didn't know this um, I'm quite impressed by this fact That it is Benedict Cumberbatch who plays Dom Amu in the film as well um, so, Oh, I didn't know that Yeah, no. uh, much hey, as Mary you said, it, I
1: never came across that
0: no, it, it's it's. I don't think he's credited, but it definitely is him doing it. Much like he did, like Smaug in the Hobbit and stuff. Yeah, he, he's prone to a little bit of overacting to uh, CGI characters and stuff. So when you realise that that last scene is literally Benedict Cumberbatch acting against himself, it's like, wow, that's even more impressive. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> but,
1: uh,
0: yeah. Kudos to him for that because he gets a lot of flack for this movie in various reasons, like his accent or, like I said, he's basically playing Tony Stark at the start, but. I think he more than makes up for it by the end. And like I said, the fact that he he played Dormammu without being credited and a lot of people, if not pretty much everyone, wouldn't really know that fact because he was so subtle with it. Like, well, not subtle, but so not just cheesy with it, I suppose. So, yeah. Mm. Awesome. Um, Right. My next category that I was going to go on to then is the direction. So bear with me. I have a few notes about this. Uh, And that is basically starting with the opening of the movie uh, because it was the first thing I made a note of, which was, I love that the opening scene takes place in basically silence, you can just hear like footsteps and things. Um, and it shows to me Scott Derrickson's horror movie background, because it's like they're stalking through the library to find a the guy, then they string him up and chop his head off basically. And I was like, woof, that is surprising as an opening to the movie for a Marvel uh, family film, yeah. isn't it? So, um, I was taken aback by that to start with. but yeah. then the fact that it leads from there into a straight chase through the city and the mirror world effects and i was like that is awesome and that is i fully get why you open the film with that um to show that off as soon as you can rather than wait until strange gets there and learns the power and whatever else so i was like yes fully great decision to do that and may as well see it now the actual kind of special effects for the mirror world and the inception style kind of buildings collapsing in on themselves and stuff is just fantastic it's stunning Um, it's, well, I'm
2: gonna be the detracting factor here. Oh, God, I, <laughs> I just I just thought that in No Way Home in the sequence where Doctor Strange is doing his spells and whatnot with Peter when they're um fighting, that was looks so much better nowadays than this. I thought this looked horrendously outdated. Not just the buildings collapsing in on itself, but just the CGI in general.
0: Oh, really? I, I can't agree with that, I don't think. Um, like
2: the corridor scene as well. It just it just looked pretty awful, in my opinion. Well, I will say from
0: memory, it was a lot more impressive on the big screen than kind of the things. They do lose a little bit of impact, these kind of special effects, especially if you're watching them on a smaller and smaller TV or like on your phone or yeah. something. It's not going to have the same effect. Um, but for me, I think sure, CGI yeah. is fantastic. And I mean, I've got a pretty decent sized TV and a Blu-ray, so maybe that's the <laughs> reason why. But I was like, wow, this is... It looks awesome, you know? I th- I thought it was a really good job and like I said I think Yeah. It personally, unexpected. I think I think it holds up better than Inception, which you can kind of tell especially Whoa. in the kind of hallway scene in that movie where you can tell they're just on one of those stupid rotoscope things
2: where they just turn the whole Well, um, obviously when you think <laughs> of it from like a technical viewpoint, but if you're just a viewer casually observing it, then it's still pretty awesome. You can tell mm. all this was CGI though. Like the same yeah, way well, there's a moving set, yeah. This is obviously CGI, it's obviously not real. Obviously, Doctor Strange yeah. isn't running in a corridor that's shape shifting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. On, I mean the- he's on a green screen floor. Definitely. The actual sort of movement of the
0: sets and the surroundings, I think, is better than because I see what you mean. There's a couple of moments when the characters are jumping, and it's obviously like a CGI character when it's like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe that's just, we can't really get our heads around that because it's so unnatural looking. Um, and it didn't take me out of it as such, I was just kind of like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I'm just
2: <laughs> it. I'm just defending the honor of Inception. Great film,
0: it's a good film, don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, special effects wise, I would still say this one did a better job, personally. <laughs> <laughs> that's because it does more, to be honest. It doesn't? It's not just a matter of like folding up one street, it's like crazy, such twisted bitch. journey universe, and the way that it. Does the MC Escher thing, like you mentioned, of like there's now stairs on like four different sort of walls coming at you and the laws of physics don't apply anymore and you're bouncing off sideways and then to the top and everything. And I just thought it was fantastic. Um, but you know, sure, two right. out of three of us, what the heck? That's
2: what I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah.
0: Um, so you do also have to shout out the music in this movie. Uh, I should have looked up who it was and I can't remember. I think it might be Jay Aquino. Um, I'll just look it up. Movie... Just
1: give me a second.
0: Thank you because <laughs> uh, i do love the way the music kind of changes with the scene and you can get the sense of like whether it's supposed to be now tense or it's a little bit cookie or and it always seems to fit really perfectly and help you to uh, i see even the lack of the music in that opening scene not that that's you know praising your yeah, music. Chino. i thought it was you know good So you're talking about direction i loved the scene when they're operating and you get the tense moment when he's like, he, he's really knuckling down to get the bullet out of the guy and then says, like, cover your watch because you can even hear the, the second hands on the watch ticking. I was like, yeah. that is just brilliant. I really love that. Um, I think
1: Derrickson did a, a really good job. I mean, obviously, he's known for horror. And as you say, yeah. it starts off with the horror elements, but he, uh, he transfers into what you would call a superhero film quite, uh, quite ably. I think he's done a fantastic Definitely, job yeah. with this.
0: I agree. And um, the other thing that I noticed in terms of like directing touches is that, again, I didn't notice this at first. and it, Well, not on a conscious level, but on, when watching it now, I noticed that everything to do with magic is like super bright and full color and in your face. And when it's not magical and they're just in the hospital in the opening scenes, the color palette is very kind of washed out and grayish. And
2: it's yeah. kind of like
0: the real the real world is very one note, I suppose, Play. compared yeah. to the <laughs> I would have liked to have, liked
1: magic to have seen his, uh, his, his pitch video that he did. I would, it Definitely, would have been interesting yeah, yeah. to see what Marvel saw and went. Definitely, we'll have this guy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a completely different beast to the films he's done before. Insidious, yeah, they have their elements of special effects, but they're all very small pictures. Now, when you look at the special effects on this, when as you say, the staircase is folding out of infinity, and and you just, it, it's 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 a wonder that anybody could get a handle on that and visualize it to such an extent to direct in that kind of set up, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, because it is trippy, but the, the whole point is, it has to be. I mean, if you look at yeah. um, the comics that it's based on, I think it's captures. That, oh, it, it very it nails it. Kind of, yeah, the Steve Ditko twisty, turny, bright. Yeah, everything, um, it captures it perfectly for me That's more actually, so than even yeah anything else. Actually, <laughs>
1: my favorite scene, the one where uh, Ancient One sends him mm. on that initial trip just yep you know, boops him on the forehead and he's got hands growing out of his fingers and hands growing out yes. of the end of those. And I just yes. think this is just fantastic. It's like the comic book.
0: Yep, I agree. And it is it, it kind of fits into um, is it Aldous Huxley and that, all that kind of thing that like Stanley's reading in his cameo as well, um, <laughs> like, oh, this is <laughs> this this hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it kind of it does fit that thing because like I, I I just said it's it is a glorious trip and you do notice all the colors and all the surrealism um, and like you said, just crazy stuff like hands growing out of hands that you wouldn't expect. And then the scene that I noted, which I absolutely loved, is that like all the hands en- envelop him and then form into a face, but made out of hands. Yeah, was like that is impressive. You know what I mean? You've got to. This, this, I
1: mean, yeah, talking animals are good, but this really should have won the uh, Academy Award.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, so before we, we've gotten slightly ahead, but I should mention the crash because again, talk about horror movie background, you feel the intensity of it. And oh boy, the way they focus on the crushing of the hands. Yeah. I feel that. I was like, ow, that is just flipping beautiful, you know? This, um, yeah,
1: I just think to me as a, as a fan of the comic books, I don't think they really put a foot wrong with it. Well, I mean, obviously, you you know, they got a the controversy with the ancient one, but And there's another another point later, but I don't think they put a foot wrong with it. And I cannot understand for the life of me how some people who who claim to be fans of the MCU have come out so dismissively against the movie, if not outright hating it. And I, I, because to me, it's one of the highlights of the MCU. Well, I think they've done a fantastic job. I mean, it's not as big as some of the other films.
0: No, but it's an it's an origin story. It's not supposed to be Infinity War, you know. So, no, um, it's understandable. And I
1: think I think it just it, it was mis- it, not necessarily misplaced, but I think after the Civil War, people were expecting them to go bigger and better. So when it does come to a more personal story, you know, end of the world personal story, but when it comes back to something as self contained as this, I think a lot of people were maybe taken aback. That's the only way I can I can put it into yeah. a concept that i can understand because to me it was just a... mean, yeah.
0: as i say, i can only go off my own experience but for me everybody that i've talked to that's a fan of the character in the comic loved the movie um but a lot of people like to say that we're just watching the mcu movies i think it was perhaps a bit too much of a left turn into yeah we've been previously saying that magic is just advanced science and now all of a sudden Nope, it's just magic. Uh, (laughs) It was a lot for people to kind of take in. It's like, all right, this is a bit of a whiplash situation. Because I think Um, think
1: at the start they had to do that with things like Thor, because otherwise I think straight after Iron Man, people would be going, this is just stupid. So you had to put that caveat in there. But now let's just embrace it. They've taken everything else that we've given them. Let's see how far we can push
0: this. Yeah, and I did like the way that they tried to explain that, because for me it was kind of it's never going to sell you completely. But the way the ancient one explains it is like, all of these different maps, whether it is, you know, um, the maps of your different chakras or whatever, and your different um, uh, Reiki zones combined with an actual uh, scan of your skeleton, and that's she's like, that's all part of the overall whole, which is these are snapshots of the whole thing. And if you once you know everything, you can tap into all kinds of crazy things you know so yeah i was like okay i can kind of i can kind of get my head around that a bit easier than just there's just magic (laughs) just which is like you know you can see part of the the puzzle but you're not seeing the whole thing you're not opening your eye i guess so and as i say if you if you're there with that comics character anyway you're already going to be sold so
1: yeah i mean it's a suspension of disbelief thing and at this point you know you can take practically demigods and you can get and millionaire flying around in an armored suit. So, you know, why can you not just suspend this belief just that little bit further?
0: Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, you have to eventually, like I said, to the point where we're at now, where, I mean, look at what we've had already. And it's just very much, no, oh, you just kind of have to go with it. It's just magic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I was thinking um, that the
1: other day, just watching Moon Knight. If, you, if, if Moon Knight had been one of the first things to come from the MCU, people would have just tuned out, in my yeah. opinion.
0: That's the thing. I think, like you said, the way that they brought it in gradually was a, a good decision. But yeah, um, I can't remember what it was. That I was thinking of there was some. It might have even been Eternals where I was like, wow, people would never have accepted this before. You had like Doctor no. Strange going on. And it, stuff, in, yeah. in, in
1: part, I still don't. I mean, yeah. the, the weird the weird thing is, I can, I can, I can kind of get with the whole celestial head and hand coming out of the earth and stuff. Hmm. but it's uh, it's just not earned for me in Eternals I'm 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 really not a Harry Styles fan
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah me neither but um, regardless we've already reviewed that one so (laughs) uh, carrying on with the kind of as I was talking about the direction and especially the as we mentioned the visual kind of flair and stuff um I do think the the montage of the kind of effects when they're uh, making the magical shields and stuff is again really cool it was a, a great way to translate that and related to that the sling rings and how they kind of made the portals that they went through um it's a simple thing but it could have easily kind of tripped the film up if it was bad uh, and i think it's, it's really good um when they start defending the actual three sanctums i think the, it's when the shifting architecture in the various sanctums as they're fighting i think was super impressive to me as well How it was like moving around like a maze and you could never get your bearings on where you were and he would be falling down all over the place and fighting so I love it yeah
1: idea. i i mean it, it uh, as i say when i saw that in the cinema it blew me away it yeah. because let's be honest in recent years the only kind of magic that we've glimpsed is with harry potter waving a, wan- a wand around
0: but speak for yourself
1: <laughs> <laughs> the depiction of magic it were it's not it's unlike anything that i've seen on a cinema mm. in a cinema before and i and i think Completely. the film deserves Cuda for that alone
0: Definitely, as you say, because, I mean, it's hard to think, as you say, if we've really seen anything fantastical or magical. And so there wasn't a lot of visual language to go on in this film. It did create it because, I mean, look how many times Doctor Strange has appeared since then. And it's always the same sling ring effect and the same shields and the same, uh, you know, whatever else. So, yeah, <laughs> it, like you say, it created he's, a visual language. So. <laughs>
1: he's, he's I mean, we, we, he does get a lot of comparisons to Tony Stark. But yeah. in the last phase, he's kind of taken over Stark's position as the main MCU player.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> including when he took over the kind of I'm the MCU guy in a Spider-Man movie role. <laughs> yes. but uh, Yeah. but no, I, I would argue only... that he worked
1: incre- a heck of a lot better in the Spider-Man movies than uh, Stark. Well,
0: well, you know me, I'm a massive sucker for the fact that these are, two, these are the two Steve Dick co-creations. Everything else is pretty much... Uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby, and it's Spider Man and Doctor Strange that were the Steve Ditko babies. And anytime they interact on screen together, I'm always like, yay! <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, Doctor Strange for me works a lot better with Spider Man than Tony Stark does, which is a bit uh, square peg round hole. But again, that's neither here nor there in terms of this movie, but it's just worth pointing out, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Oh, and um, yeah, again, one thing—it's—it's it's a random point in the movie to mention, but I just love the glorious shot when. He's defending the New York Sanctum, and uh, the Cape has kind of chosen him, I guess. And there's a fantastic shot of him like levitating up against the window with the seal of Vishanti on it. Which I was like, "Oh, that's your superhero moment right there." That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, that whole thing actually. When uh, when they start defending the New York Sanctuary, as I think uh, I mentioned, the whole mirror dimension stuff and everything is just—it's epic. And I say it's—it's it's telling that that's where you get Stanley cameo, when they kind of they're chucked against the side of a bus and he's reading, like I said, Brave New World or, or something along their lines, like some reality trip kind of book and just laughing about, like, this is so weird. <laughs> you know? Yeah. In
1: it's my research, actually, I find he, he filmed that along with three others in one day.
0: It's yeah, I think of... he used to do a lot of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But,
1: awesome. yeah, I, 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 honestly, I can't find fault with it with the, the effects whatsoever. There's a design thing, as I say, but we'll, we'll probably get to that yeah. later on. But, yeah,
0: I can't personally. But obviously, as you say, Will, we have lost Will, by the way, listeners, if I'm editing this at this point, you probably will notice an absence because he's having connection issues. We're hoping to get him back. But if not, um, well, he was here for a little while. So but yeah, I can see, you know, not everybody's on board with the effects. And that's fair enough. It's a, it's a differing uh, point of view. But for me, I, I'm in, with in, you, I don't think, you're...
1: In Will's defense, I mean, Inception did come first. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's strange probably built on the success of the effects in Inception. Definitely, but, uh, but there is
0: more to it when you look at, like you said, you already mentioned the way that everything shifts. And it, like you said, the MC Escherism of it all and everything, it's it's a step above. Just it's a street folding in on itself, as I said, which is there is that. But then it's the whole fact that every bit of architecture becomes a mad trip that's reflected within itself multiple times. And yeah, I love it, absolutely love yeah. it, especially that last mean, thing.
1: How to me alone the planning of directing with a green screen that's you know supposedly displaying things like that. Mm. Phenomenal. I don't think I. I I mean, people slag off the MCU films as not being cinema. Not mentioning any names, (laughs) but the amount of work by professionals that goes into these things. And I, I think people are unnecessarily dismissive oh, when, you, yeah, when you see what goes into these movies.
0: Definitely. I mean, yeah, <laughs> none, none more so than this particular movie, you know what I mean? Because, as I say, I think Scott Derrickson doesn't get nearly enough credit because this is a, a behemoth of a, <laughs> of a directing task. And he more than did a good enough job. and. It's a shame as much as I'm with everybody else that I love the idea that we're getting Sam Raimi for the sequel and it's going to be cool to see him again and his sensibilities meshing with Doctor Strange. I do also lament the loss of Scott Derrickson because he did such a good job in this first is, one. So
1: is there any reason do you know of that Derrickson wasn't given this version? Was, he was, was given
0: all, the he was given the sequel and he basically dropped out due to what's it, they always say creative differences.
1: Oh um, right. So there's a chance that he may not be back.
0: Yeah, well he um he's really active on Twitter and he's never had any animosity. So like when the trailer and stuff came out, he's always said like Sam is the perfect man for the job, in fairness, no kind of bitterness towards him. And I absolutely cannot wait to see what he does with the movie. You know, no shade whatsoever. It was just this wasn't my it wasn't my creative vision. Um, and I can kind of see in a way what he's talking about. Like you can't always with these things, but I think from interviews and stuff he did at the time, he'd mentioned that. If there was going to be a sequel he wanted to kind of deal with nightmare and have it be like in in this nightmare realm and everything and a more personal yeah. kind of story and to be to have that in mind and then be told by the mcu now nah, you're now doing this crazy multiverse spending trip of a movie that juggles multiple characters and stuff it's kind of like nah that wasn't the film i set out to do you know so, yeah
1: <clears throat> they are very much at the whims of uh, the higher-ups when it comes to this yeah. it would have been nice had we had the time for maybe part two to have dealt with Nightmare and dealt a little more with Mordor.
0: Mm. Well, that's the thing, I mean, when you look at it, it's it's kind of weird that, that somebody brought this up the other day and it completely blew my mind. There's been an entire Spider-Man trilogy in between Doctor Strange movies. Cool. What have I missed? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, were just, we were just talking about the direction, so I was just about to kind of finish off my thoughts on that. So yeah. if you had anything, like any thoughts you wanted to make specifically about the direction or any notes, then uh, that would be the time to mention them before your Wi-Fi breaks. Again.
2: <laughs> well, it's also to do with the editing. I like how, um, I like how the film cut from face facial reactions to another, like it didn't cut from like set pieces to set pieces. It always went to like a close-up shot, and then it cut mm. to another close-up shot in a different scene. I think I noticed that a lot, and um, yeah, I quite liked that decision. Otherwise, um, I like the action scenes. I don't like the CGI, but again, that's the effects team that not so much the direction and the director himself but all herself or themself yeah. um but yeah the the action the action was all right i again like i mentioned earlier the scene it, is it called the astro bodies yeah. yeah. that thing the one in their operating theater even though you know the acting is a bit crummy from uh the woman who's just surprised Rachel. he's not even surprised that um <laughs> we should just miss, dismiss it straight away except from that that's such a fantastic scene um because of the direction and yeah, yeah i i do love again i love the kind on of action with the uh faces so yeah that's all i've really had on the direction to be honest that's fair enough Well, the only other things i
0: had was that i mentioned i love the the way that it does the kind of reversing of time um, so that it, for example, when you first see it, it kind of the apple that he's eating gets reconstituted and it kind of goes back and forth. And I think that's a really cool way to show that. And then yeah. the cleverness of showing that like um the missing pages by going back in time to when they were there. I was like, all oh, right, that's kind of
2: <laughs> I can you do see, this. The apple one was all right, but I would be interested to know how it looks if you actually like slowed it down to see uh how they did it. Because I just thought honestly, it was like a pan to the right when the apple was being taken away, and then it just pan to the left like it was in reverse when it yeah. was coming back before. I, I wonder if they had actually just reversed it and changed the sound effects to just save money, you know, I doubt I, it. But I don't think so. I think it's
0: just that's that's the visual language of the time stone is that it's moving like a clock, so as I say, it's kind of panning anti-clockwise for one thing and clockwise for the other. Um, yeah. But Again, I could be reading too much into that because <laughs> um, I do recall that's vaguely what happened in Infinity War when Thanos used the time stone. It did a similar thing. Mm. Um, but anyway, uh, the very last thing I had anyway about the direction was that, um, kind of related to what you were saying, it's, it's a directing and an editing thing, is that I like that they tried to point out the visual language of what was going on in the final scene, because every time that Doctor Strange pops back into the dark dimension or whatever, um, it zooms in on him um, yeah. before it gives you the whole, um, oh, Mumu, who I've come to bargain. And the fact that that's a repeated shot really clues you in that you're into a time loop before you even really know what's happening if that makes sense because you're like it's the same shot over and over and over again um which yeah i appreciated that to to get that across so yeah awesome yeah. um right the next thing then was uh, i've only got a few notes on this but it's basically just things that relate to the writing um let me see i've already mentioned that unfortunately for me christine was underwritten and didn't get a lot to do uh yeah um I kind of mentioned most of this, actually, the only other thing is I really thought it was quite clever that um, that the way they wrote the kind of medical jargony bit at the start, where it's like this guy, he's already been declared dead. And then Strange works out that no, because it's a perfect uh, bullet or whatever, and it's got it's coated in something that it would be perfectly contained and you could still remove it and save the guy's life. I was like, all right. I mean, you're not a medical movie,
2: but I can I can dig what you're going for. Yeah. Yeah. They must have done some research into it, the whole science of it, though. Because they do. Definitely. They'll be into that quite a lot. Uh, yeah. The only other point that I had regarding this, and
0: it's kind of, it, it, I'd be interested to know, especially your thoughts, DK, because you were touching on it earlier, is just, what do you think about Mads Mickelson as the villain in this movie? Is he impactful or is he a bit wasted?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people say that he's been wasted, but I think he, he, he did a good performance. It would have been nice to see a bit more of him. But, uh, you know... If he's signed on for one movie and he's not Mordo, that's what we're going to get. You yeah. you do kind of see his point. I mean, he's a complete asshole about it, but uh, yeah, and he comes across. I mean, he always comes across as a a, a menacing threat. He's Mickelson for God's sake.
0: <laughs> Ever since Casino Royale, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of with you, but for me, I just think it's unfortunate that he's undercut because he's never the main threat. Because as soon as Domamu enters the picture, it's kind of like that was what it was building up to, and uh Kaecilius and the acolytes are kind of the the warm up act I guess for the bigger threat. Again um, it would like-
1: have been nice to see the the the, the entire Kaiselius Dormammu, Mordor thing as we were saying yes. uh, earlier spread out over a couple of movies.
0: Definitely yeah but I see they're in a rush to get to the multiverse so what can yeah. you do? <laughs>
1: It's, and I'm not sure I like that, to be honest. It, it smacks of at that. I mean, yeah, they've been successful, especially in Norway Home. But when they're always rushing to get to a certain point, it it smacks of Zack Snyder's Justice League to me. And that always makes me yeah.
0: worry. So, yeah, the next thing that I was going to touch on was just individual scenes and things. Uh, we've talked about a few of them already, but um, let's see, where was I? The first sort of thing I've noticed that we haven't talked about is that I didn't realise the first kind of couple of times I saw the movie that you get a shot of Dormammu quite early on when kaisilius uses the kind of dark magic ritual. Um, and I yeah, can't yeah. believe I missed that in the first couple of viewings because it's quite, it's not subtle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I did like it. It was really cool. Um, the next note I have is just it was really bloody harsh that they just ditched him on Everest to die if he
2: hadn't been able to use the sling ring. I was like, this is not sitting well. With me. <laughs> but then when he was doing that, they were all they were both like the grace and they were just willing him to return, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I don't yeah. think she would necessarily have left him there fully to die. It was kind of like you no. could tell she was like, Come on, come on, you could do it, kind of thing, but it still seemed like a really harsh tactic, and I was like. All right, maybe, you know, take it a bit slower than that. But uh, what about you, DK? What's your thoughts on that one? I guess it's just,
1: you know, like a parent trying to teach it's, uh, the child to swim by throwing him in the deep end kind of thing. <laughs>
2: don't do that to your children, people, if you're listening. <laughs> Please. Yeah, but no, that, that's the thing, though, isn't it? It's like um water initiation. You just chuck your baby into water and then they float. No, that, know, that's true. That's a thing. Is that it? is a thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll YouTube it. DK, you, this you can is, back me. Can't yeah, you is why Yeah, I'd definitely. Kids, you see?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed Fair to enough. tie a brick to them first, Mike. Oh, wait,
0: do I have the sack first?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I just I was anyway, it, the, it's, the, it's the cool. kind of like magical version of that. I, I guess, you know, I get it, after yeah. a while, the ancient one yeah, were going, okay, he's looking like a popsicle. We'll go back for him. <laughs>
2: yeah. Fair enough. Infant self rescue. What are you saying? Well, it's called infant self rescue. So, if a, wow. if a baby or a kid's drowning, they'll have the instincts to float. Okay, well, there you go. We've
0: yeah. learned something new every day. <laughs> and uh, after listening to this podcast, only seven babies will have died. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has now been banned in several countries. <laughs> Rick, don't talk about any LGBTQ characters or we'll get banned everywhere else. <laughs> From YouTube <Egypt laughs> and Western world. Uh, where was I? Um, yeah, the, the, I've mentioned it already, but the kind of the attack on the sanctums in London and New York are really cool. And especially when the, the cloak basically finds Strange and connects to him as his like magical object. I was like oh I, I love the cloak of levitation yeah I was giving serious consideration to making that my favorite character even oh, though it's man. a freaking cape because I don't think it's so good I, I,
2: I don't want to disagree but I absolutely disagree oh it's, 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 it's such a get out of jail card though it's like oh of course it is. Is, it's like a, like a magical item mortal yeah. danger here is a bloody <laughs> what do you call it uh it's the cloak of levitation cloak. Yeah, like when he actually levitates and it's like on his back and that's a cool moment. But like when he's in the actual battle scenes, oh, there, there's the cloak again. Like doing all this great work. Just...
0: It's his thing. Cause I mean, they, they did build it up by saying there's all kinds of different magical relics and then named like the vaulting boots of Valtor and the whatever of the, the wand like of order <laughs> and the staff of the living tribunal. And it's like, fair enough. There's all these things that you can use. And in his case, the one relic or whatever that chose him was the cape. And it was like, all right, fair enough. (laughs) It's a cool choice. And I like the way that it was animated and stuff. I think, like I said, for a a live action movie, it was actually given quite a lot of character. And again, even referring back to the parts of like some people might not like the dodgy jokes and stuff, but I just loved when he was trying to do the kind of superhero type pose and it completely undercut him by the cape, just like tagging his neck or something (laughs) with one bit. And he's like, stop it. get down." I Uh, "I love that. But uh, Yeah, I'm guessing Will not a fan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I love that when they get to the final act uh, to Hong Kong. The Sanctum has already fallen because <laughs> it was quite a surprise. And then that they use the kind of the clever thing they've set up of using the time stone uh, to reverse it so that it's kind of un mucked up. I guess <laughs> so, again,
1: that was that was a fantastic special effect sequence where he's rewinding definitely. time and trapping them in the walls. And oh yes.
0: That was my next note. Yeah. The way that it's walls up Kaiselius was a really cool thing. And it does the kind of frozen time matrix camera panning past you and everything kind of coolness. So yeah, I, I'm, I, love I
1: that. the more we talk about it, the more I'm convinced that Scott Derrickson is some kind of wonderkin. because as I say, going from a from a from small, intimate horror movies to something with this many special effects. And mm. we've we've kind of been desensitized to special effects because it's the MCU, for goodness sake, regardless of the other franchises that we've watched along the years. But the amount of really nice shots in this movie, and it's a a very difficult thing to achieve with the amount of special effects that everybody's been subjected to. To see something that is unique and that you are genuinely impressed by, it's a feat in itself. And I think moving from those small horror movies to something this big He's, he's done yeah. a fantastic job. It is good that it's nice to see a bit of diversity with regards to directors because you cannot always go to your Spielbergs. No. It's nice that they're giving you know directors from more low-budget productions a chance.
0: Yeah, we've kind of mentioned a lot of the other stuff because, like, Will's already touched on, he really liked the scene from the Oath comic of the uh, uh, levitation or the, the Astral Projection, which definitely is good and very impressive. Uh, it's worth pointing that out. Um, didn't love the scene where Caecilius is just monologuing for ages because
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought
0: that was a little bit like all right calm down <laughs> we're getting a bit uh, we, we know what you're doing here and, uh, <laughs> yeah it is very much like let me tell me you my evil plan I'm not really yeah. evil I'm misunderstood and then you just think I've just put like look at your face dude." <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah you really need to get some sleep
0: exactly it's Like we're not evil we just have this incredibly <laughs> cracked skin all around our eyes and what looks like a mark made of blood on our forehead that makes us the good guys doesn't it But uh, yeah anyway <laughs> i have to talk about the other thing because it's probably my favorite uh not to spoil anything but my favorite scene which is the unexpected kind of death of the ancient one uh, where she gets stabbed in the in the midst of the battle um and it actually is her end they try to take her to the hospital and stuff but she, like, astrally projects out of the out of her body and has the most glorious scene with uh, with Strange when she's talks yeah. about, you know, that you'd think she'd be ready, but she's stretching this moment into... So she uh, into can eternity. watch this now. Yeah, exactly. And then, like I said, the, the fact that this is his Uncle Ben scene because it's where she's, like... Uh, you, I, in your future, I see possibilities and you can do what you want, but it would be a great loss because you have such potential and you have to learn the great lesson, which is just that um what he says something along the lines of um i'm the best because i'm terrified of of failing so i have to do well and she's like no it's the fear of failure that it's precisely what keeps you from being uh, the best and that's why it's all the more impactful at the end when he's like yeah i can't win but i can just lose over and over again so which is a perfect summation of like he's finally overcome the ego and it's like who cares if i if i'm losing constantly because I'm still doing the right thing and saving the world after the end of it, so... You, know. and as you,
1: Yeah, as you said the other night, it's nice to see a film that doesn't end in a slugfest. It's nice yeah. to see someone using their intelligence to uh, defeat the big bad rather than...
0: It's such a cool scene as well, the fact that... Like, punch it so it's, to oblivion. Yeah, the, the way that it's acted and the way that... That dialogue in that scene gets me every time when, like I said, it is... it Maybe it's the acting, the writing, I don't know, but it's really impactful for me when he's like... Um, you can't possibly win. No, I can lose again and again. You'll spend an eternity dying. Well, pain's an old friend. You know, so, and he's just basically admitting, like, I don't care because I'm protecting everything else. So, you know, uh, I've brought time and you're now trapped in this and I've come to bargain. But yeah, I love that the way that all kind of comes together, especially with the ancient one. Uh, and I did
1: like the, uh, the many deaths. That was very uh, Doctor Strange comic book as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I also love the way that Tripoli kind of like, there's at one point when he's back in the time loop as he hasn't even kind of like disappeared from his death the first time because it's going around so quickly. And I'm like, that is so, like it's zooming in on him coming back before it's fully like his dead body's left the scene. And I was like, that is kind of cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the one thing that I wasn't totally on board with, and that's the only thing, is the look of Dormammu.
0: Oh, I loved it. I thought it was very evocative of the the comic character. I, I would. Have, I
1: remember. I prefer the old, flaming, mm. flaming head type portrayal. I
0: was never really like that though. To be fair, I don't know. If, I, I just if you do that. I think you're at risk of people confusing it with Ghost Rider or something. Well, yeah. Really I, I mean, I can
1: understand why they did it, but I had an expectation throughout the movie of what Dormammu was going to appear like. So when I did yeah. see him, it seemed he seemed more towards the Thanos side of the spectrum, if you know what
0: I mean. I think I get what you mean. Like the, the purple colouring perhaps wasn't the, the greatest, but I was still surprised how faithful it was with the weird, like dissected lines down the face and everything. You know, like, oh, Yeah, right,
1: I, can... I, I like In that. Minute. Like I said, I would have just preferred. Again, it's just my expectation as to what I was uh, waiting for. But, you know. We have had, we have have seen worse alterations to big bads. <coughs> Silver oh, surfer. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Galactus, not Silver Surfer, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair enough. Uh, actually, I think it was so well acted for me by Cumberbatch as Dormammu as well. Um, I was kind of on board with it anyway. And the fact that, like I said, if you look at it, uh, when we, we presumably both saw it on the big screen, when yeah. it zoomed out, when you had that sense of scale, which is something I've written down a lot with this movie, the sense of scale is so impressive that I think I was just like, oh, this g- gigantic head <laughs> Like the entire screen is now like, oh, what are we going to do to take me on? And you're just like, what is he going to do? Oh, I've brought you time. There you go. Now what are you going to do? It's like, all right. Okay. As you said, it's like, it's clever because you can't possibly imagine, like, what's he going to do? Like, what magic can he do against this gigantic, like, 500-foot face in the sky that's like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. talk. <laughs> so the last sort of section that I've got, well, that's, there's a few actually still yet, but I'll, I'll try and get through them as quick as I can, Um So, yeah, the, the next thing I have is just some various themes, which again, to be honest, I've kind of touched on them all. So it's kind of like um, it, is the ancient one a hypocrite or is that life just not always that black and white? She does mention that she had taken power from the dark dimension, but it was always kind of necessary to do, I guess.
1: I'm, um, I'm kind of on the side of it's not strictly black and white
0: yeah i, I think i think the same because then at the very end it's like the, just the supposed breaking of the natural order by strange is what saves everything and yet it's weird that Mordo was still just like no we've still doing a bad thing here just to save everything and i'm i i can not be on board with it and i'm like surely if anything it should teach you that like you can't always obey all the rules or <laughs> yeah but <laughs> you know, when like, people like, cling to an, an ideology that's exactly, that's, yeah. that's
1: exactly why i would have liked to have seen a bit more of that in the second
0: Definitely, I and mean, as I say, don't think we're going to get that in the Multiverse, but you never know, I guess. So, but no, I've already said. Um, where was I? Learning humility is obviously a key thing. We've mentioned that. Uh, yes, this is an origin story, but it's brilliant in the way that it adapts the comic book mythos. Because again, it's it it doesn't get mentioned enough. But things that have been in place for years, like Doctor Strange, is a doctor whose hands get crushed, and that devastates him to the point that he wants to go and find a new way to be able to do his job. And that, that's when he comes across magic and stuff. This is stuff that was written by Stan Lee uh, and Steve Ditko like decades ago, and they're adopting it really faithfully and sticking to that mythos. And I think that's worth a little bit of kudos as well, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it still works. This is a key kind of theme that I wanted to bring up because I did notice it as well, is that um, the because of the accident, his watch is smashed. And it never occurred to me that that is so important that it's literally in the Multiverse of Madness trailer it's still talking about like that smashed watch representing like smashed time, which is a key theme of the movie, but it also kind of makes the seal of the shanty symbol that's on the sanctum window. And I'm like, this is so multi-layered. And at first I was just like, it's just a broken watch. Who cares? Yeah. Now I'm like, this is clearly like, this is a key visual touchstone to everything. And uh, the fact that it's the watch that was given to him by Christine, and it has like time will tell how much I love you or something as well. I'm like, all right, if this ties in, Back to her in a really cool way in the sequel and stuff. I could forgive quite a lot, so we'll wait and see, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, we've got we've got we've kind of got our hopes hanging quite a lot on uh, on this sequel.
0: Yeah, well, as as is always the way, but uh, yeah, the other things I've written down are just kind of key lines that I think is self-explanatory, but they kind of hit a lot of the themes. So um, it's things like forget everything you think you know. Um, we never lose our demons; we only learn to live above them. And I think it's such a cool like lesson that you can imagine it being on like a famous quotes calendar or something is like inspirational like oh wow that's cool yeah (laughs) uh silence your ego and your power will rise again that's just a theme of the movie um I love that Dr Strange takes a moment to actually point out the consequence of like he does not like that he killed somebody um that first kind of threat when he's um defending one of the sanctums he's like you know I I came for your help and now there's actually somebody I've killed someone and I'm not happy about this, you know. And I was like, "All right, I'd like that the movie takes, even if it's the briefest of times, takes the time to be like, this guy is not just a, you know, a heartless, immoral killer, <laughs> and that's not well. What no, I mean, power,
1: he's you know? he's medically trained. It's uh, first do exactly. no harm. Yes. So yeah, he's, he's he gone.
0: out. Yeah, 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 definitely. No, he does say that, doesn't he? Like, I took a Hippocratic oath to do no harm, and uh, yeah, yeah so yeah it's still nice that it addresses that and not just like now that I have the power I will use it Ha ha! ha.
1: it um, is it is nice to as you say see a superhero film where they don't turn into an amoral killer and crack a line as you know somebody buys it
0: yeah because that was one of the things that did bug me about the first Iron Man movie is that like once he supposedly has a change of heart the first thing is sure blowing off, you, people up right and like, center like, blow up a city with the armor and I'm like dude what the f- <laughs> you've learned nothing you know yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah anyway um yeah I've kind of mentioned the rest of the stuff which is like I said the um the, the key thing for me is definitely the dialogue and I, I couldn't like look up the whole thing because it's a whole scene but if you get a chance to look up the scene between stranger and the ancient one I think that is where the the keystone of the movie is as in that scene Um, and everything you need to know is kind of there and it is just so beautifully acted and it does bring me to tears i think almost every time i watch it
1: the one where the ancient one's dying
0: yeah when she's basically looking out the window as you said and she's like i'm stretching it out so that i can watch the snow and you can see the lightning like moving very slowly across the sky and she's like i said she's she's giving the uncle ben speech almost to strange of like yeah I, i can't see past this moment but i can see possibility for you and uh, Mordor doesn't understand, but you might get it and all the rest of it. So I couldn't then, like have I said, pictured
1: she... her in an MCU film prior to this. And now this film just wouldn't be the same without her.
0: She's fantastic. She's brilliant. I mean, it was kind of a nice surprise to see her back in um, Infinity War. Oh, sorry, in uh, Endgame as well. <laughs> and they, they go yeah. to the sanctum and she's still there because obviously it's before like strangers even been recruited or anything. Um, so she's the one like, kind of telling Bruce Banner about the timelines and the Infinity Stones and stuff. So that's kind of cool. Um, Another thing I've written here then is that um, what were your thoughts on Mordo's kind of post credit scene? Because again, it seemed to be setting up something that we just don't see that we're be not going to get in doing. Yeah, like what, what was no. that about? <laughs> it's,
1: I liked it. I, I honestly thought it was going to lead somewhere. And as much mm. as everyone's getting excited about Multiverse of Madness, what worries me is that everyone's getting excited for the cameos in Multiverse of Madness yeah. and not necessarily the story as much. Well, whereas where it were leading down that road it felt like the story was taking precedence and that's yeah. what got me a little nervous with regards to the sequel
0: yeah i mean i could still forgive it if they kind of put it on the back burner but then address this in a a third movie um because it does look worryingly to me like the model that we've seen in all of the multiverse of madness stuff is a variant it's not like the one we know if that makes sense so I haven't,
1: is, I, <laughs> I've I've heard something about Multiverse of Madness, which I don't want to go into until I've seen it. But
0: right,
1: it, yeah. it 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 kind of put if if it's true, it kind of puts a. I mean, yes, it's comics, but it kind of puts a dead end on on everything that we've seen with regards to Mordo. And again, mm. it it makes me a little nervous, and I wish we could get to see uh, Derrickson's sequel.
0: Yeah, it's a shame, but yeah, it's just as I said, that that seemed to be. For me it's setting up such a cool idea because i don't know if you've seen um serenity the movie uh, the like firefly yeah uh, yeah continuation but do you tell as the villain in that is so good and the idea that he could be doing something similar to that as mordor once he finally breaks not bad as such but you know what i mean um decides to kind of be on the opposing side
1: he um, can play a fantastic villain
0: Definitely. Well, not even a villain. I mean, the moral complexity even of the character in Serenity, when he's like, "Look, I don't, I don't have a place in this world that I'm trying to make because I'm clearly a bad dude, but I'm also wise enough to know that I'm not stupid." You know, so like, right, can you imagine him playing that kind of kind of nuance and that kind of? Complexity? I would love
1: it. And what I thought of, that's what we were going to get. And yeah,
0: same.
1: I mean, it was a pleasant surprise to see him, you know, played from the beginning beginning as an ally of uh, yeah of strange rather than just going to the villainous side oh, always, straight yeah, away yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh yeah it, it feels like we're never going to get that character development and it's it's a real shame especially when you've got an actor of that caliber
0: hmm. yeah that's fair enough <laughs> my next section i've just basically made a list of all the jokes because like i mentioned earlier the mcu gets a lot of flack for like oh cheesy jokes take it out of it and i'm like no like when they're good they're kind of really like enhance the movie <laughs> so the ones i've noted here the very first one um irrelevant the man charted a top 10 hit with the flugelhorn from the yes. naming the music at the start's brilliant um what's in that tea it's just tea pours with a little honey <laughs> it's awesome i um, like
1: the uh, the caecilius one how long have you been at camotage mr doctor mr yeah. doctor <laughs> it's strange maybe but who am i to judge
0: who am i to judge yeah i love that <laughs> i do absolutely love it um, we've already touched on this, but like, oh, it's just one, what, like Adele or Drake. And then as he comes to the, the um, library later, like try me, Beyonce. <laughs> it's awesome. They're, they're, <laughs> the things like, you know... sorry, go ahead.
1: They're delivered in a very droll manner. And I do like that. I'd, t- I'd take the jokes on this one over, you know, that's America's ass any day of the week.
0: Yeah, well, kind of, yeah. Um... The only other ones I've said uh, is like it, it's perhaps a little bit hokey, but I love the fact that the astral projections like fighting each other, going through the vending machine causes like an extra bag of chips or whatever to drop, and that other surgeon guy to be like, oh, wow, well, cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so like innocuous but funny, and um as much as we've talked about Christine's response to things being a little bit too easy to take i do like that she's like oh so you're telling me you ran off and joined a cult and he explains everything and she's like yeah sounds exactly like a cult yeah <laughs> I'm like say, i'm not a yeah, cultist that's, that's exactly what
1: a cultist would say
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and, uh, yeah so that's all uh, more or less that i've got for that so then with that in mind i wanted to go on i was going to ask for yours and my own favorite character moment and line so will um what was your favorite um, character in the movie then
2: uh it would have to be wong or Drake oh, awesome. or Beyonce <laughs> I <Eminem>. mean <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's gotta be one my man Wong it's a fair choice for the just kind of for the fun value and stuff yeah uh, absolutely yes even though my favorite line would be a different character can I jump to that you absolutely can yeah what's your favorite line that's the Wi-Fi code we're not savages <laughs> I love oh, that joke, took yeah, one of mine <laughs> <laughs> oh, no way! <laughs> the ge- for terrible. all the grief uh, the MCU film scared for the- this comedy, I think this film absolutely nailed the comedy.
0: Yeah, what's your favorite moment or scene in the movie? Will has such good taste.
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> all right, that, thank you for confirming that.
0: <laughs> what was it's your favorite moment good. or scene in the movie, Will?
2: <laughs> Oh, wait, me? Yes. <laughs> oh, I already told you the um, operating scene. Oh, okay, so yeah, that would be the... yeah That would be, be my favourite scene of the film, yeah. That
0: was, yeah, that makes sense. That's the thing that was already kind of storyboarded by the comics and stuff, and it is really cool. And yeah. the fact that they have the astral bodies and things working, so... Yeah, awesome. Um, hmm. So, Will, did you want to give us your conclusion and
2: your score out of five stars? Okay, as a conclusion, I don't have one. But um, yeah, honestly, I was pleasantly surprised going back to this film because when I watched it for the first time last year, I really enjoyed it. But that was all relative because for about three months of my uh life i was literally just watching MCU, and that was it because mm. i had to get through like 25 26 films at <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, uh, the peer pressure of uh michael here so no i'm joking but uh well it kind of was peer pressure but i i still did it like i think it was but, pushing but, drugs on you or something dude. well <laughs> it, it, it was still three months of my life I, and you know so basically wow well, Doctor strange i was basically comparing it to knows civil war whatever film came before so i was Mm. on a high from that so um and i think the curve is definitely there and however i still had fun i still think the writing was good i i love the um the initial car crash sequence but it's Mm. a shame that they ruined it with doing the slow-mo typical superhero cliche right there Add slow for mind, absolutely yeah. no reason i didn't mind like the slow mo of the of the hands being crushed yeah that's but, what i was gonna say that part i think but, was very yeah. impactful but that yeah, was didn't needed rest, but, not needed yeah. but you know you didn't need doctor strange and the airbag coming out and i thought yeah, yeah that's a bit crap but uh yeah that scene was fantastic some other scenes stand out um but otherwise it's just not very it, the cgi doesn't hold up but i know you guys Massively disagree. We disagree, but <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah. Uh, six hour ten. Well, we go out of five, so <laughs> oh bloody hell! I stars three, uh, so three star. from me. Three stars. Three stars. Okay, yes. fair
0: enough. That's your score. That's fair enough. Um mm-hmm. right, okay.
1: Uh favorite character, uh, I think it's gonna have to be ancient one.
0: Right, fair enough.
1: Uh, favorite scene uh, i already told you that one earlier that uh, where she you know bumps him on the forehead and sends him spinning yes
0: the trip scene, trippy trippy <laughs> yeah Great. and
1: phew, i've got three lines but i'm going to go with the the one you've already mentioned it the uh, we never lose our demons mordo we only learn to live above them
0: yeah Definitely. It's such a cool inspirational thing. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, mine are very similar to yours in a lot of ways. My favorite character is also the ancient one, which is really weird considering <laughs> the controversy and stuff, but I think she kind of, she anchors this film in such a way. And again, a lesser actress than Tilda Swinton would have been a liability maybe, but I think she's yeah. so good in this. Um, but As I did mention earlier, the cloak of levitation was a close second and was considered for my favorite character. So, <laughs> um, my favourite scene is, of course, it's the it's the end scene, Dormammu, I've come to bargain, and everything that that entails, all of him realising his place is to just lose and not have the ego about it. And like you say, defeating the villain with smarts instead of a big shootout or a fisticuffs or whatever, it's just so cool. Um, But I will say pretty much every one of the mirror fights was also considered because I just love them as well.
1: Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful I've, movie to look at.
0: Oh, definitely, 100%. Uh, my favourite line is just... Um, Again, close would be things like "Pain's an old friend or no, but I can lose at the end. But in the end, I had to go with, as I said, because it is the central theme of the film summed up in a line. And it has to be when the ancient one just says, you haven't learned the most basic lesson of all. It's not about you. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> that was, that that, you you... <laughs>
1: was going to be my second choice of line.
0: <laughs> oh, OK, fair enough. Cool. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember reading something on Twitter by Scott Derrickson where somebody would mention that that was like that was a really powerful reading or something of that. And he was like, that is because that is the key theme of the film. Uh, Before we go on to the audience interaction, then we may as well do our conclusions and scores. Uh, So we'll start with you. Why not? It's it's a film that seems to go
1: unnoticed by a lot of MCU fans and some of them downright hate it. And coming so soon after Civil War, I can kind of see where they're coming from because it does put that breather in events and takes you back Mm. to a kind of proto... Iron Man situation but I think it's important that it did that I mean at, at the time I believe Marvel said right we're not going to do any more origin stories in these movies and then the very first movie after that was this one yeah. but I think it's important because what a lot of people didn't think about how integral strange was going to be to the movies going forward
0: definitely
1: I think I mean it's a it's visually it's a stunning film I, I know a doesn't agree but I, I just, I, I love the special effects. I can't fault them. And even now, when I watch it, as I say, I watched it earlier in the week, and they're still incredibly impressive. The directing's fantastic. Cumberbatch is amazing, as uh, strange, even if they had approached someone else. I mean, I remember yakim Phoenix, yes, he's a good actor, but he wouldn't have embodied the character as much as Cumberbatch has, in my opinion. Uh, the supporting cast are all played incredibly well, including, as I say, Mads Mikkelsen, who, you know, some people will say he's he's a little wasted, but I think he uh, he plays the role brilliantly. He, when I sat there in the cinema, I just had a big grin on my face for two hours. It was just <laughs> it, it was being lost in Marvel for two hours, and I, I, I just I can't really find fault in that. And to me, no. it's 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 always going to be personally one of the highlights of the MCU, and we have a lot of films to choose from now. But to me, it's it stands out. A solid, it's a solid four out of five for me. Four out. Of five. I would I would have gone four and a half, but I don't want to over-egg the pudding. But I'm definitely going to go with a, a, at least a, a, a four. <laughs> That's
0: fair enough. So we've got a three and a four. Uh, so I will give my conclusion and score now. Uh, And I just said, I don't know where to start. It's a brilliantly written film with themes deeper than you might expect. An absolute visual marvel, no pun intended, uh, in more ways than one, incorporating mind-bending action physics, surreal imagery, and a gorgeous colour palette. Stunning direction, mostly brilliant performances, and a faithful adaptation of one of comics' weirdest characters. Not perfect. As I mentioned, there are some wasted actors and characters, not least Rachel McAdams as Christine. Uh, But for the sheer impact of scenes like The Ancient One's death, or the ingenuity of a totally unique MCU ending, amongst many other reasons, I still personally have to give it a very high score, Uh, and I did go with 4.5 out of 5. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, yeah. Scores of 3, 4, and 4.5. The overall podcast score has decided that Doctor Strange is 3.83 stars out of 5. So as close to four as I think we could pretend yeah I think we should network. I think
1: we should round that up
0: <laughs> well yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it informally up to the audience because I'm going to call that four if Will wasn't as stingy but never mind <laughs> yeah so uh yeah that's fair enough and uh so all that remains now then is for me to conclude as I always do with the audience response excuse me <clears throat> I was collating this earlier there wasn't a lot but I do have it handy um there's only five responses, unfortunately. Uh, we have to really do more, I think, to get people involved in this, but uh, get engaged. But um, I will read these out. The First one is from The Ghost Monument, who just said, I love this film and I can't wait for Multiverse of Madness um, at Doctor Twelfth says I enjoyed it and I'm definitely looking forward to the sequel, mainly because I'm curious about what Sam Raimi's going to do with this material um, at Tom Sly says I really enjoyed it. Massively underrated. I would agree with that. Um, yeah. Where are we? <laughs> Thanos W says, love it. Also love the fact that not one gun is shown or fired in the movie, which again, yeah, not something that gets mentioned it, a lot. But yeah, it's mind. a good point. Definitely. Um, and at Daryl Gerard Morris, he just says possibly the best origin story in the MCU after Iron Man. Um, yeah, I see, I like a lot of them. I love Captain America, the first Avenger, and I like the first oh, not that it's an origin and stuff, but definitely I can see why you would say that regarding this movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, only five responses, but all positive. So you yeah. can't really uh, say fairer than that or complain about it. So if anybody has any other thoughts about Doctor Strange, if you've listened to this, then by all means, feel free to leave it on our social medias or in the comments of this video or anything. So yeah, and uh, that will conclude this uh, Doctor Strange review. So, DK, did you have anything you wanted to plug or just your social media?
1: Just my social media can still be found on uh, aka Starlord.
0: Fair enough. Um, because he's not here, I, uh, he's unfortunately you know dropped out because of tech issues. Uh, I'll point out that Will is at Will underscore Templar or at um, Who Game Shows uh, on Twitter. Uh, or you can go to the Who Game Shows YouTube channel uh, and find him there as well. Um, and you can find Will uh, Who Game Shows on YouTube or um, he also does a film podcast called The Big Screen Podcast. <laughs> Excuse me. You can find our podcast here at podcast underscore screen or Silver Screen Podcast on YouTube, or just search Marvel Man Mike as the URL. Um, I am I am Mike Wilson, or just my name. And uh, if you want to check out our sister podcast, Hit or Miss Star Trek, we are on hiatus at the moment, but that is at HOM Trek or HOM Trek. So, And we
1: have some good stuff coming up on that one.
0: Uh, we will be back next week with the second part of our top 10 Marvel movies. Um, that is our number five to one and the combined total. Uh, the week after that, we'll be back with... A review of the sequel to this, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, and we'll conclude this first half of season two with a review of Top Gun the week after. Um, so yeah, uh, all that remains for me to say is thank you, Will, uh, who is no longer with us here—not <laughs> dead, just not able to make the, the <laughs> end of the recording. So thanks for joining us, Will, for as much as you could. Uh, thanks again to my co-host DK, and
1: thanks to you, Mike.
0: Thank you very much, and uh, yeah, stay tuned and remember, in the epic words of Arnie, "I'll be back."